We're, uh, we're back in our series in the uh, book of Luke. Uh, if you're new, that's uh, probably news to you, but we uh, started back in there after a short break a couple of weeks ago. Uh, if you want to start turning in your Bibles to uh, Luke chapter 18, uh, maybe whilst you're doing that as well, you can give yourselves a little pat on the back and congratulate yourselves. We are three quarters of the way through the book of Luke. Isn't that exciting? Some of you are mildly excited by that. If you've missed out on the other three quarters that we've looked at, you can catch up on that online. Uh, I would really recommend looking at uh, uh, what Dan spoke a couple of weeks ago. He did a great job of uh, uh, speaking about much of what our, our morning has been about, really, about the future hope that we have uh, in Jesus, uh, that we, the fact that we live in this moment now where the kingdom has come, uh, but there is a moment coming when we will experience the uh, kingdom uh, fully. Uh, and, uh, and really, the, the, the verses that we pick up this morning are off the back of that. Uh, so it's important to keep that in mind, a bit where we've been, like I said this morning, in worship. Um, but uh, we've got uh, some passages this morning, a couple of stories that Jesus tells uh, about prayer. Uh, and so uh, I think uh, they've come at the right time for us. And so we want to look into these in a little bit more detail. So Luke chapter 18 uh, starts off like this. And he told them a parable to the effect that we ought to pray and not lose heart. Uh, your version of the Bible might say to pray and not give up. And, uh, and really, I could stop there. Uh, because ultimately, if you remember nothing else from this morning, uh, I think that verse is so key for us. That we should pray and keep on praying and not lose heart. And not give up. Yeah. And so this morning, we're going to be talking about what it means to persist in prayer. What it means to go in prayer and go again and go again and go again in prayer. And we want to talk about that from uh, kind of like the personal things that I'm sure and I know a number of us are grappling with. Uh, to have real courage to go again in prayer. Uh, but also for us as a church family. There's a number of things, aren't there? Uh, that If God does not show up, we're in big trouble. So we want to keep on bringing those requests again and again uh, to our sovereign king. And so we're going to give ourselves the opportunity to do that at the end of this morning. But there are some things that I wanted just to pick out uh, from this story uh, and the story afterwards just to help us uh, in that. First, let me just say, so there's a number of different aspects to prayer. We could, uh, uh, we've done series on prayer, we've, we've learned lots about prayer. This is just one aspect of prayer that I think we want to just really hone in on uh, as we uh, lead up to this week of prayer and fasting. Uh, a, a stamina in prayer, uh, growing in that stamina. I had a wonderful example all ready to go uh, just last Sunday. I was stood on the line, the start line at the Great Eastern Run, uh, and slowly as the rain came down, and the feeling in my fingers slowly disappeared, uh, so did my analogy of uh, stamina and persistence uh, from a half marathon. But you know the image that we're looking for, uh, that we want to grow in that as a church family. So Jesus uh, tells this story. He said, In a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, Give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused, but afterwards he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, 
I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry out to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? So as I said, this is not the complete package of prayer, but prayer, uh, prayer, a big part of prayer is about asking. You read that in Scripture, and all over Scripture, Jesus says, if you abide in me, ask whatever, uh, whatever you ask, it will be done in my name. There's a repeated uh, um, attitude towards prayer that we should be bringing our requests to God. We should continually ask of him that we're in need of his breakthrough in our life. And we've experienced that, haven't we, as a church family? Moments of wonderful breakthrough uh, in personal lives and even as a church uh, family. Uh, but there are moments, uh, and a number of moments in this room and, uh, and as, a, as a family, that we, that we know that we bring those requests to God and we don't necessarily see movement. We don't necessarily see something happen straight away. It's great, isn't it, when we get an instant answer to prayer? You've experienced an instant answer to prayer? A few nods. Uh, we, um, as a family, we uh, pray at our dinner table. There was one that we, uh, I think this is quite remarkable. So we were praying for uh, the nation of Mozambique, that there would be water, uh, clean drinking water in the nation of Mozambique. We've got friends there, the Rouse, uh, and uh, my, my boys were praying for that. That's what they wanted to pray for. And then we got a text from Chris Rouse showing us a picture of a clean bottle of water. To them... Uh, that's an instant answer to prayer. Uh, that's something that's well out of our control. That's God breaking in. That's an instant answer to prayer. It's encouraging, isn't it? Yeah. There's a number of uh, different situations, I'm sure, where we could, uh, we could say God has broken in in such a wonderful way uh, and brought a complete turnaround in that situation. But we do also see uh, from this story that there is something that Jesus wants us to understand uh, about prayer, that persistence is built into the way that prayer works. There is a, a persistence, a, a going again, a, a continual uh, request that, that comes. And, and uh, in this story, the way that Jesus tells the story um, is, is really impactive. So what Jesus does is he uses a, a technique which basically says that if a principle is true in a really unlikely circumstance, then it is going to be even more true in a, in a more likely circumstance. So what he does is he, he talks about this widow. Uh, the fact that he's used this widow, is she's somebody that's helpless. She's got no, nothing of herself that she can bring to the table that's going to twist this judge, judge's arm. Uh, there's nothing special about her, uh, but she is just persistent. Persistent to the point of annoyance. I mean, we see that the judge says, uh, uh, kind of, I'm going to have to give in to her, or I'm afraid I'm going to get beaten by her because she just keeps on coming back. Uh, and then we see this judge, and we see Jesus says there's, there's nothing uh, outwardly about him that is going to motivate him to give in. That there's nothing about him uh, that says that, that he might, uh, we might catch him on a good day, uh, and he's going to eventually give up. There's, there's nothing. And Jesus uses that to show us this principle uh, that as we bring our requests to God, uh, we should expect that God will hear our requests, and move as we continually bring them to him. And so this should be an encouragement to us. Uh, Jesus is, uh, is, is I think it's, it's really quite a shocking verse. But I want to really challenge us because 
uh, I think what happens when we experience unanswered prayer, when we don't experience that instant uh, response to prayer, we can start to doubt or, or warp, uh, yeah, is that right? Well, I'm not sure, um, who God is. And let's be really clear who God is in this story. God is not just a better version of this judge. Okay, that, that's not what Jesus says. God is not just a, a judge that is occasionally more giving. He's completely different to that judge. He's the total opposite to that judge. That's what Jesus is saying. That's the, that's the style in which he's writing. He's saying, look, even occasionally you might get it where this really unlikely circumstance that this widow would get something out of that bloke. But how much more? How much more when you, God's chosen people, bring your request to him, when you cry out to him day and night, how much more will he hear your requests and will he answer? I mean, isn't that wonderful? Isn't that, isn't that a beautiful thing that Jesus is saying to us? Uh, to go again in prayer, the persistent bringing of our requests to a loving, merciful, and generous God. Now, I, I wanted to kind of say that from the off because I know from my own experience, sometimes when we experience unanswered prayer, we can start to doubt a number of different things. And I wanted just to say, let's be really clear on this, uh, God is not just a better judge. Okay, He's a loving, uh, generous, merciful Father. I'll go even further than that. I would say, I think um, it was really helpful uh, this week, if you're in life groups, we, we did a, a little mini study on joy. And I've just been thinking this week uh, about this uh, phrase. But I'm convinced that God is more concerned about my joy than I am. No, no, let me say that again. God is more concerned about my joy than I am. Because I think when I experience unanswered prayer, there's a number of different things that go through my mind, and one of them could be, God just doesn't want me to be happy. But I'm convinced that God is more, more concerned about my joy. He's more deeply concerned about that than I ever could be. Yeah. And he is sovereign in that as well. So if you're in this moment where you're experiencing this... Uh, uh, this unanswered prayer, then I want to encourage you uh, that this uh, story was told for your benefit uh, this morning. We can have real confidence. Here we see that Jesus is encouraging us to go again, go again in prayer. There's an invitation in that. There's an invitation for us to, uh, to continually approach uh, God in this way. So I was uh, thinking about how how that looks. And um, we, uh, uh, I've had the joy recently of being able to take Evan to watch Peter Reunited, which is a very special thing for me. And uh, uh, to sweeten the deal, uh, I've got into a bit of a bad habit where we bring some sweets along. And, uh, and unfortunately, uh, he, uh, I think he, he sees the sweets as the main event more than the football <laughs> sometimes. But, um, but there are, uh, he knows that there are sweets in my pocket and he knows that I'm going to give him those sweets. And uh, it's very difficult for a uh, now six-year-old to wait for said sweets when he knows that the sweets are there. Uh, I think we can all appreciate that, can't we? So my attention is very much on the uh, field of dreams. Uh, it's very difficult to take your eye off that for even a moment. And, uh, and what I happen to get is I, I get like a couple of uh, verbal requests. Uh, Daddy, is it time for sweets yet? Oh, not just yet, Evan, it's a corner. Or, uh, 
maybe a couple more then. Uh, he might get a little bit more persistent. Daddy, I, th I think uh, you said like, before <laughs> half-time. I think it's nearly half-time. Uh, and we're kind of getting a little bit more, you know, Daddy, uh, you haven't forgotten about those, uh, that kind of thing. And then I feel these little fingers <laughs> sliding into my pockets, uh, seeking out Haribo. And, uh, and I was thinking, we were there uh, last week, and I was thinking about that in light of this, that, that God, uh, God really, really encourages us, or Jesus, in, in these verses, to, to seek him out in prayer. Like, to feel his pockets. To feel his pockets in prayer. To, to uh, you know, that's what Jesus is saying here, isn't it? Like, like just go again. Yeah. Go again. He's a loving, he's a loving father, He's a loving father who wants to give good gifts to his children, but, but he wants us to ask him. He wants us to keep on asking him. And I know there'll be, uh, there'll be a number of uh, situations, I'm sure, where we, uh, where we would say that, um, that God maybe shuts doors. And I understand that. There'll be situations where God shuts doors. But I think I'm much quicker to shut doors than God is. And I think he's called us to be a people that seek after him uh, in prayer in a way that I don't think I've currently grasped. I think there's much more. I think there's a, I think there's a pocket feeling prayer uh, that he has called me to that really just seeks after him. Like I could go nowhere else. Like you, you have the answer uh, and I'm going to seek after it. That kind of prayer. I'm like, I'm not going to let this go kind of prayer. Do you understand that? I'm going to make sense. Is that a helpful image of Evan with his little fingers trying to seek after Haribo? And God has called us to be like that, hasn't he? Not just to settle, uh, but to keep on confidently uh, approaching him. We see that. That's consistent in Scripture. Jesus says, ask, uh, knock on the door, keep on seeking, and it will be uh, given to you. There's a, a confident expectation as we approach this in prayer. There's a number of other things we could say, but I... I want to just say as well that with this type of prayer, we're not necessarily twisting God's arm. Prayer is about partnering with God. Uh, God uh, has stepped into our brokenness, hasn't he? God has stepped into this broken world. And, and as we pray against the brokenness, we don't, we don't twist his arm. We, we partner with him in saying, God, this is out of place. God, this is, this is something that is an offense to you. And, and you know, we, want, we want to see breakthrough in it. That's what we're doing when we pray, aren't we? So let, let me just say as well, there's a couple of, uh, there is a product, there is a fruit of persistence in prayer, which is not necessarily the answer to prayer. There is a, there's a, a product that comes from that, there is a, a work that God does, which is not always uh, the thing that we've been praying for. Delay is not always bad. In fact, I would say... Uh, that uh, my prayer life has been uh, much uh, more, I don't know, on top. Uh, I've had a much better prayer life when things have been difficult, when I've, when I've not seen that answer to prayer. There is, a, there is a fruit that comes from this, and persistence is not a pointless exercise. And I've been really challenged about this over these uh, recent weeks. We live in a, a culture which is so rushed 
and, and instant. You know, I was really quite offended on Sunday when I decided that I'd earned my fish and chips after the race on Sunday, even though I hadn't run anything. And I couldn't find a fish and chip shop that was open on a Sunday. And I was really offended by that. I thought, gosh. And then I realized that we live in this instant culture. I could wait till Monday for fish and chips, but I felt it felt terrible that there wasn't a fish and chip shop open on Sunday. That's the kind of culture that we live in, isn't it? Where everything is on a plate to us uh, when we want it. And then when we approach this, uh, this type of prayer, there is, a, there is a, a fruit that comes from that. There's a godliness that God builds in uh, as we wait. You know, the psalmist says that I patiently waited on the Lord and he turned and heard my cry. I patiently waited on the Lord. You know, I, I don't know whether anybody is currently patiently waiting on the Lord, uh, but there, that's not a wasted exercise. You know, the God is, is building patience in your life. Just, you know, just as one example, there'll be others, hope that we've been singing about today, but the hope increased in my life as I, as I wait on the Lord. A steadfastness that, that grows in my life as I, I wait on the Lord. But I, I've been really challenged about that whole thing of patience. I recognise so much uh, where I'm impatient, unpatient, where I'm, uh, you know, I can be uh, quickly turned to, uh, to feeling like uh, out of control and, and afraid of a number of things when I'm impatient. And I, I, like just in preparing this, I've realised that God is, is doing a work in me about patience, about patience and about that growing in my life. Persistence is not wasted. So how do we uh, pray uh, persistently? Uh, well, we... Um, we do that from a place of secureness, and I think we kind of covered that a lot this morning in the, in the worship. We, 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 we do that from a place of knowing who God is, uh, what he's done for us, uh, and uh, we, can, we can pray persistently, both individually and as a church, and we're going to have the opportunity to do that in a minute. I just thought it might be helpful if I gave a personal example uh, that... Um, I want to really encourage you to think through how this might look in your life. So uh, for, for us, um, we, uh, as many of you know, my youngest, uh, my three-year-old, uh, Alec, has, was born very early, had a number of difficulties. And we, um, we have been praying persistently as a family that he would walk. And uh, when we first started to pray for this, it was a really big deal. Well, it still is a big deal, but it was a really big deal to the point where we wouldn't even dare talk about it away from our dinner table. So just us four, that's it. You know, nobody else needs to know because uh, you know, it's, it's quite a big deal. Uh, and then we gradually were able to share it to the point where we're able to share it uh, like now. But I genuinely think in praying for that, God has put something of a stamina in prayer within me, but that has come at a real cost. There have been moments when we have then even pray, where we have been too... Uh, too consumed with the reality of, uh, of the situation to even bring ourselves to pray. There have been moments when we have shouted and, and, uh, and cried in prayer. And, and there have been moments when we've seen sweet, sweet breakthrough. And moments when we've, we've hung on that God would do something greater. And and, and I wanted to just say that as a bit of a, you know, we don't have a massive amount of time, but I wanted just to kind of say that, that the persistence in prayer is, is a real journey, yeah. isn't it? It's a real journey. But let's recognize that God is doing something in that journey. 
that God is building something uh, along that journey. Romans 8, 28 is a, is a verse that we, we know that, that God will ultimately do good. God will ultimately do good. We, we know that, we believe that, uh, that his purposes are good for us. Uh, but it's really difficult in uh, the circumstances. And how we pray, whether we pray that God would remove the circumstances or, or help us to bear up under the circumstances, well, that really comes down to your faith and what, God, uh, what faith God gives you to pray in those circumstances. But I really want to encourage us uh, that, that persistence in prayer, persistence in prayer is something that, that God, uh, that Jesus spoke about. He put this verse in the Bible that we should go again. We should go again with real courage, with real boldness, uh, with real identity in who we are. It says, uh, Paul says to the Thessalonians, pray without ceasing. Wouldn't it be great if we were a church that said that? You know, we've, we have a number of things. 52 baptisms a year. We're going to keep on praying for it until we're all sick of it. We're not going to let go, are we? We're not going to let go until we see 52 baptisms a year. You know, there's a number of things that God has called us to as a church family that we will not achieve unless we give ourselves uh, to this type of prayer. Amen? Amen. That's a fleeting visit of uh, the persistent widow. Let me just uh, share a little bit of the second parable. Second parable that uh, we see here is, um, is a story about humility. And uh, I wanted to encourage us with that with prayer as well. Uh, it's the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. So from uh, verse 9 onwards, it says, He also told this parable uh, to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. Uh, two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus, God... I thank you that I am not like the other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I tithe all of that I give, all that I get. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man uh, went to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. These are really uh, fantastic verses. That uh, Jesus is uh, uh, on his way. He's about to cross the Jordan en route to the cross uh, to win a stunning victory that looks like he's lost. And, uh, and he's saying that there's something about humility uh, that we must understand when it comes to prayer. And uh, uh, there's, a, there's a real image here. Uh, of, uh, of what we put our trust in. Uh, the Pharisee uh, saw himself as his own saviour. Uh, in fact, if you were to um, uh, read the translation there, what the Pharisee actually says, he, the Pharisee prayed to himself. Such was his confidence. He was, uh, he was so confident in his own ability. He was so confident in what he'd done. Uh, and he had an entitlement uh, that he prayed, out of, uh, he prayed out of a sense of entitlement. And it says that the tax collector approached God and said, God, I, I need you. I need you to break into my life. I need, uh, I need your grace. I need your mercy. And uh, I wanted to encourage us in that as we approach this, this week of prayer and fasting, that uh, fasting is, is, is not a work to gain merit. It's a weapon that will take ground as we humble ourselves before God as we humble ourselves before him and say, God, 
I'm even sacrificing food. I'm in so- I need you. We need you uh, to break in into these different situations around our church family. Uh, the Pharisees' prayers uh, bounced around on the roof, but the blubbering real words of the tax collector are celebrated as he humbly approaches God in prayer. And so this morning, I'm not sure uh, where you're at in prayer. And, uh, uh, and these uh, two parables, I hope will, there'll be something within them that will have encouraged you uh, to uh, experience a, a fresh boldness, a fresh uh, courage, uh, uh, but for some of us, a fresh uh, humility as we approach prayer. Uh, and I want to um, land really by, by offering us a, a moment where we can pray, uh, because it feels like that's the only real response uh, to something like this. I, I do genuinely believe that there will be a number of situations in this room where, um, where as Luke started off in chapter 18, we have lost heart with prayer. I think we, there'll be a number of different situations where, where it's, it's too difficult to pray. And so I'd love for us to pray for one another, that we would encourage one another to go again in prayer, uh, to, to experience this fresh sense of boldness, uh, that we might um, take much ground in these coming weeks as we give ourselves to this. 2 Chronicles 7, uh, verse 14, it says, If my people were, who called my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, and I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sins and heal their land. There's a real sense as well uh, that we humbly approach God in prayer, recognising his sovereign will, recognising uh, all that he uh, has done for us already and all that he will do. Uh, but that's the basis in which we approach prayer. Maybe we can uh, respond in prayer. Would that be okay? That's a real whistle-stop tour. Uh, but I hope there'll be something in there uh, that we can take into this coming uh, week. Gary, maybe we can make a bit of noise with the band just to help us uh, as we pray. Would you stand up on your feet if you're able to? We'll have a bit of background noise to make things slightly easier. I want to do two things. Firstly, I want to pray for us personally. I want to pray for uh, those of us for whom uh, this might feel a challenge Uh, those of us who might feel that we've lost heart in prayer. Uh, And I want to pray that God would give us fresh hope, fresh stamina, fresh uh, energy to go again in prayer. And so if that is you, maybe now you can uh, just uh, allow God to to identify those areas, those uh, even no-touch areas like I talked about, uh, where you've been uh, seeking God and it's got stale, it's got painful, but, but I want to encourage us to go again in prayer. Father, as these uh, areas in our life come to mind afresh now, Father, we uh, want to thank you for your grace and your mercy to us. We, uh, we delight that you have called us your children. Uh, we delight in the mercy that you have shown us. And... Uh, And we want to approach you with fresh confidence and fresh boldness now. Uh, Those uh, areas that seem stale, Father, would you grant us fresh stamina, fresh hope, 
fresh peace even uh, to go again in prayer uh, to fill your pockets as it were to seek out after you that we might see breakthrough Father would you grant us many many testimonies of uh, your goodness in situations that seemed lost Father we pray for uh, healings we pray for broken family situations we pray for uh, our deepest longings Father whatever it might be we uh, commit them to you afresh a loving merciful generous Father and we ask that you've been breakthrough in your son's precious name Maybe we can just pray for one more thing before we move on. Uh, I mentioned briefly that as a church we have this uh, dream that one day uh, we will uh, experience 52 baptisms a year. We're currently up to how many this year? Six. Six baptisms this year. But we want to see weekly salvation, don't we? And we've talked about this a lot. We have talked about this a lot. There's no way that this will happen unless God breaks in and does something wonderful in our midst. But we want to continually give ourselves uh, to him. Let me, let me encourage you. We, uh, we prayed this at the early bird prayer meeting a couple of Tuesdays ago, and we prayed specifically for the things that were happening already within our church family. And, and we prayed for the living room that happens on a Tuesday morning at the Fletton Centre. Two hours later, I was sat at my desk at the Fletton Centre, and somebody from the living room came to me and said, I want to be baptised. Friends, that is an answer to prayer from the early bird prayer meeting. And I want to encourage us to go again. To go again in prayer. You know, this is exciting, isn't it? Yes. That was a really rubbish clap, but the, it is exciting, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> So this is one of the things that we're going to give ourselves to in a, couple of, in a couple of weeks' time when we do the prayer and fasting. And the way I want us to pray for this now is we're going to pray for 52 baptisms a year, weekly salvation within Life Church. Uh, one of the ways in which uh, Jesus talks about uh, persistent prayers is to keep knocking on the door. And we're blessed at the TDA to have this lovely piece of wood in front of us. So what I want you to do is to make some noise and knock on the piece of wood in front of you. What we're doing is we're knocking on God's door and we're saying we still haven't seen 52 baptisms a year. We still haven't seen weekly salvation and we're going to ask you for that. So can you start to make some knocking noises? All of you have wood. All of you have knuckles to be able to do that. And let's raise our voices and pray to God with real boldness that he would break in in this way. <laughs> 